0: Coronavirus created possibly one of the greatest F1 seasons of all time. Would you agree with that statement, yes or no? No. 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 Okay. Why? <laughs> <laughs> And Welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is a little later than normal recording this one, so sorry to all you people that have been pressing the refresh link, because I've I've seen our download numbers went up yesterday. Uh, But we are here. It's uh, it's Sunday evening, and we have three new people on the podcast today, so, well, brace yourself. First of all, we've got Dan, who is um, one of our writers at The Formula Nerds. Dan, how are you today, sir? I'm very great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Not bad. Um, But we also have two guests. We have... Andy and Elton from the GP podcast. Now, I'm not usually up for promoting other F1 podcasts, but theirs, theirs is all right, and they, they've made me giggle for a good few years now. So, uh, how are you two
1: doing? Ours is all right. That's that's a good, <laughs> <doing the> intro. <laughs> Thank I'm, you for so us, much. That's high
2: praise, to be fair. It's that right. is very high
1: praise. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, all right you know, it, I mean, it sounds uh, yeah. like most of our reviews though, doesn't it? When, when we look on iTunes, it's, it's like, yeah, it's all right five
0: stars <laughs> ollie was saying earlier how funny it was so that's a good sign i, I was saying one of the things that really drew us in uh, and we, we were actually sharing it across our team was the um the, the russia race review where you named the corners that was possibly oh, yes. one of the funniest things with my uh, with my flawless russian
2: accent yes <laughs> it was uh, it was the most entertaining podcast that was for mother russia
0: elton's cringing already
1: <laughs> i'm just wondering how many people actually got the reference though of the scottish accent during the russian grand prix that's okay. worrying
0: <laughs> i did it for the french one as well I did
1: It did for all of them so it's a universal
0: accent it works for everything yeah. <laughs> for the people that don't listen to your podcast what's it about and, and what do you cover
1: What do we cover? We cover uh, race by race. So you have a race on the Sunday, Sunday night, around about this sort of time, about nine o'clock, we would record our review. And that is to get it out for Monday because we know what uh, it's such a time-sensitive subject. You can't put something out Wednesday or Thursday about the Sunday race. So I've been doing that since 2013. I've always wanted to do a uh, Formula One podcast. For ever since I found podcast in 2008 and it took me years and years to build up the courage to do it and then all of a sudden I did it I had a friend uh Chris who was there at the very beginning he helped me along through it he had to leave for various reasons and then I tapped up Andy and there we are now ever since I'm a James may I'm yeah. the James may <laughs> That's it, yeah
0: I've got to say uh I'm being completely honest here. I do look forward to when I when I get into bed on a Sunday after a race, right, and I go refresh on Apple Podcasts and I see it pop up, I go, oh, quality. Here we go. Here we go. Um, what is it
2: with people listening to our podcast in bed? Because my wife actually uses it to fall asleep. which, which You know, I think is <laughs>
0: It so might be a damning be. indictment of the cast, but... <laughs> to be fair, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how many I've made the end of. I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never
1: make the end of it. Screw you. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> um, but no, F1 podcasting, It's 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 a difficult subject, especially... I'm not sure if you guys find this, but... When you're doing a race review, um, Andy has messaged me a few times and said, yep, yeah, you were wrong on that, by the way. That bit was wrong. Um, but I,
1: he does that to everyone, doesn't <laughs> he?
0: <laughs> but it's very difficult to remember what happened over the space of a two-hour race and 20 different drivers, especially when it's like the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. How, how, how do you guys fill two hours talking about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Did anything happen in on the on. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? No, no, we talk nonsense. We talk absolute nonsense.
2: I mean, that is why the Russian Grand Prix devolved down to us naming corners, because <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about during that race. Yeah. So we decided, back bit backstory, I got really bored in the British Grand Prix last year, until the last lap when Hamilton won with three wheels, because of course he did. So I started just renaming the corners, because the names of the corners at Silverstone are so poncy. I mean, mean, they just really are. Uh, So I decided, instead of uh, maggots, beckets, and um, what's the other one? Cops. Uh, I decided to to name them Margarita, Barney the Dinosaur, and Chicken Sandwich, which I feel are much more (laughs) evocative names uh, for the circuit. And from there, we decided, oh, wait, Russia, that's a terrible race. We're not looking forward to going to it. Mm -hmm. But we could rename all the corners. and So that's what we did. But yeah, it's... One of our favourite reviews we've had on iTunes uh, said we were a pair of um, giggling idiots who don't really know a thing about Formula One. And yeah, basically, that's exactly what it says on the tin. We have that a disclaimer right, yeah. at the beginning, which states that uh, our podcast is unsuitable for children due to language and unsuitable due to, to adults due to humour.
0: <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't you have a review, something to do with um, crisps? Was it, was it something to do with crisps? crisps. Crackers, crisps.
2: Pretzels, pretzels—that pretzels. was it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so that yeah. was uh, some. Someone accused us of tying ourselves into knots to be woke uh, because uh, we were praising Lewis Hamilton for how well he'd done. This, you know, him not coming from a F1 legacy family and not coming from a load of money. And he says, "You're just spending all this time tying yourselves in knots like pretzels to be woke and to support him when he's just the best and he's got the best car and that's it." So, yeah, we decided to eat pretzels during the next cast.
0: <laughs> absolutely brilliant uh, it didn't make me laugh that it did and, and to be fair i think everything that you said was fair regarding lewis hamilton because i remember listening to that podcast before and it's you guys are not lewis hamilton fanboys you're f1 fanboys right so you if someone does well as long as they're not called lance stroll then you'll praise them
1: yeah i think it works that way uh i i'm not a uh, a self-proclaimed hamilton fan but i respect everything that he's done and the same with Lance Stroll. If he, if he rocks up and he's good that day, he's going to get that thumbs up. But if if he crashes into a barrier or he, he knocks a wheel off, or he, he trips over somewhere and makes a bit of a tit of himself, then I'm going to pull that up as well. I think that's only fair, really. And and that's the way that I like to, to do things. I hold my hands up. I don't listen to any other shows only because I don't want them to bleed over to our show because that has happened before and I don't want that to ever happen again. So, you know, uh, that that's the way that I, I put things together anyway.
0: For sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, and it's interesting you said that, actually, because I make sure that I don't listen to your show before we record ours uh, for exactly the same reason, that you don't mm. want opinions bleeding through. But sometimes you naturally share opinions. And Mm -hmm. um, there are a few opinions that we do share. There's a few jokes we share as well now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, 19 best drivers on the grid and Roman Grosjean. Although, uh, alas, Roman is no longer in Formula One. Although it's still just 19 races on the grid. uh, There are still just 19. 19.
0: cars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just 19 um we 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 did and we we spoke about that on another episode so we did credit you on that one but it was the absolute (laughs) sensical thing to do and um it has amused a few people on our facebook page when we're writing articles without mentioning names anyway i got a massive divide
3: in the comments on one of my articles because i put mick schumacher mick schumacher's teammate and then a bunch of other drivers and everyone went mental half the people loved it half the people hated it so it's really a good topic for debate <laughs> it, it is it I, is
0: and and you you either you gain fans for that or you gain fans for that right
2: well, yeah. if we if we if we affect someone enough that they go out of their way to give us a negative review on iTunes it's all engagement as far as we're concerned you know it's like <laughs> we, we, we've We've reached, out, we've reached out to you and made a connection, so that's a win. Oh, the worst often thing to have is apathy.
0: <laughs> I, 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 the, the thing that the internet haters forget, and I've, I haven't actually spoken about this, but engagement, like you just said, Andy, engagement is engagement. If you write a comment, it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, it still boosts the engagement,
1: right? So bring on the haters, bring on the haters. Yeah, I, I think me and Andy would still probably just phone each other up at the end of the day if we weren't doing this show and just talk about the race. Or we we definitely message each other through the race and find out our views as to what was going on. But we don't do it for for getting more listeners or anything like that. We do it because we enjoy it, and I think that's that shows through. I'm hoping that shows through at some points.
0: It does. It it, it is your your show is listening to two mates talk about F1 and. I think people, that's, people want to hear that. People want to hear what actual people think about the race.
1: Yeah, I I, I get to chat to Andy about it. Um, I talk to my son about it, but that's as far as it goes. I'm sure Andy gets fed up with my messages every time and again as well.
2: <laughs> nah, you're, you're good, mate. You're good. Okay, cool. <laughs> the amount of podcasts we did last year. I mean, you ask why I haven't listened to any F1 news. We did, what was it, 54 podcasts last year?
1: What, just the Grand Prix ones or other yeah. ones as well?
2: Well, just in, in total recording oh. last year, we did like 50 plus recordings about F1. Yes. I needed some time off. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've just been like... This is the off season. Yeah, very exactly. much so. So when, when we come to the episode, I turn up and say, right, uh, let's see what brave new colours red... Oh, it's the same colours. It's the exact same colours as always.
0: <laughs> there's there's the first spoiler of the show. Um, That's not really a spoiler, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's the same as every year, <laughs> apart from the year when Red Bull had the uh, the Star Wars livery for one race. Mm. One
3: Red race. Bull Red Bull often do a testing livery, but they just haven't this year. So that was disappointing.
0: Yeah, they, they 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 put out some merch just before the the, the reveal, didn't they? Yeah. Which looked like they were going to go down that road again, but it's like blue didn't. camo merch. But yeah. no, it never. That dazzle camo one looked amazing,
2: and then they did that blue and grey one, which was great. And and I was saying to Elton, about this recently. Isn't it ironic? But when Red Bull came into Formula One, they were the young upstarts, and the uh, we're going to show them how it's done and then shake things up. Now they're the most corporate team, other than Fiat. It's just
0: the same. <laughs> Over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. I, I did play a little bit of spot the difference on their uh, their mm. livery and it, it took me a while. <laughs> I think the only one was that Aston Martin wasn't there anymore. But no. <laughs> we sh- we, sh- we shall get there. What we haven't covered on this show for a few weeks because we've had we've we've had guests on. We've got let's be honest, distracted by other things. We haven't really spoken about the news. So, Dan, um, he's Daniel, one of our news writers at the Nerds. Can you just Talk to me about what is going on you know, in, in the motorsport world at the moment because I think there was a bit of a a, a tough weekend uh, for Formula E this weekend, wasn't there? It was, there was a tough weekend for Formula E. So it was the first Formula E
3: race of the season last weekend in Saudi Arabia. The two races, one won by Nick DeVries, one run by Sam Bird who holds the record of winning a Formula E race in every season, which is quite impressive. Um, but I do think the weekend will be remembered more for the negatives and the positives of that weekend we had the horrible crash from Alex Lynn who had to go to hospital thankfully is okay then we had a ballistic missile threat as well so it all really happened that weekend
0: so yeah this ballistic missile I, I, I didn't really see that on much mainstream news it was all a bit hush hush was it not? I think
3: it's unclear whether the missile strike was aimed for the Formula E race or whether it was just an occurrence that happened at that time. Obviously, Saudi Arabia isn't known for its safety, I suppose. So, by but way, ballistic not missiles, good. though. <laughs> it's
1: a little. Concerning. Thankfully,
3: they were intercepted before anything happened. But it's not doesn't bode well with F1 going there in a few months' time.
0: No, so the the FIA were debating whether to cancel the second Formula E race, weren't they, due to this. And this seems a little worrying for future F1 events. And uh, it it was in the news this week that Formula E, sorry, Formula 1 is going to be in Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years. Yep, that's what I've heard. So uh, Andy and Elton, what what are your thoughts on that statement? The, uh, The 10 years in Saudi Arabia statement or the missile statement? Let's go for both.
1: Well...
2: With regards to to the the missile, uh, the first I heard about it was when you told me this was a thing. So I also went and looked at various news sites, couldn't find a thing. So I am putting that firmly in a pinch of salt category. Not saying it didn't happen. Don't for an instant believe it was aimed at the circuit, primarily because it's actually very hard to get a missile to land where you want it to land, Um, especially when it's a ballistic missile. But that's besides the point. Uh, As far as being in Saudi Arabia for 10 years, Well, I mean, we're supposed to be still uh, at uh, Donington Park, aren't we, on the, uh, was it 12-year British Grand Prix contract they signed um, with Bernie way back when? Um, Got me there. Contracts change. You know, contracts aren't really worth the money they're printed on, so we'll see. I I understand it's a very, um, what's the polite way to say, politically sensitive topic, but, you know, if, if... we're flagging that with Saudi Arabia. You know, should we really be in Bahrain? Should we really be in Brazil? Should we really be in Turkey? Should we really be in Hungary? Should we really be, hell, in Silverstone at the minute? There's, there's a lot of places around the world where things are just a little... Ugh. So my biggest concern as a Formula One fan is is the race going to be good. It's a street circuit. I doubt it very much. I mean, it could be Azerbaijan, but I don't doubt.
3: Designed so by Herman Tilke, that circuit. Uh, well so Azerbaijan or Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia will be. So that could either be great or it could be another Abu Dhabi yeah. type ball fest. I've got I mean, I've given Herman
2: Tilke a lot of shit over the years because, you know, he's done some terrible circuits. But something we've come to understand of late is it's not really the circuits, it's the cars. So who knows? Um let's see. I mean, we were supposed to be racing a second race in Vietnam this year, and that's just not happening. So ever. So we'll see. You know, if we get to 5th of December when we're racing in Saudi Arabia, I'm sure there will be a lot of opinions to
1: be had about it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Elton, If you got anything to add on that?
1: You're staying very quiet. Yeah, well, I, I don't know much about the politics of Saudi Arabia or anything like that. So I, I'm tending to, I need to do some research on that before I form a massive opinion on that. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'm just chucking holy hand grenades all over the place and and just waiting for them to, to blow up all over the place.
2: You've got to December, I, mate. We've got plenty of time. We'll, we'll get the research done before then.
1: One <laughs> does not count to December. One counts to three and no more. We all know this yeah. with holy <laughs> hand grenades. Um, uh, With the ballistic missile, I once again, I don't know much about it, but it terrifies me. But is that the point of the story, to terrify people of going there? That's... It's to get people thinking about, again, do we actually go there or not? Look, we're all in a bit of a pandemic at the moment, so kind of edging on the side of maybe not going to these races. But hopefully when things open up, we shall see. I don't want people chucking ballistic missiles at me, though.
0: But. It, it,
1: yeah. It's a, it's a fair
0: point. I think most of our our, our listeners will agree with that. It, it, it's not something that you want to spend money to, to to go and experience. But the the way I've looked at it is that the FIA did their investigation of their you know the safety of the event, and they continued. So draw from that. I think what you want. Um, they're they're not going to put people in in risk. However, there was a video online, but this video could have been taken anywhere. So um, again, don't don't believe everything that you read in the media, mm. uh, because I'm sh- uh, you know, I certainly have faith that the FIA in this case did the right thing by continuing that event. Um, let's talk about more non F1. Let's talk about Grosjean. He's been testing an IndyCar, hasn't he? He has
3: been testing an IndyCar and in Grosjean style, he crashed on his first IndyCar car test. Um, however, apart from that, he, d- he said the test went really, really well. So I'm pleased for him personally. And he finally got to wear that helmet as well that his kids designed that he was meant to wear at the Abu Dhabi last race, which obviously he couldn't partake in after his Bahrain crash. But yeah,
0: aside from the crash, it went well for him. So I I, I just want to just double check this. So he, he did his first IndyCar test. He crashed and then got out and said it went really well. From what I've heard.
1: It, it took him 14 lats to crash. Normally it takes him eight. So that's like yeah. a, a double... Double bubble.
2: And there was no fireball this time. I mean, that's a plus. Yeah. It's one better than
3: his last crash. True. He walked away. He was fine, okay? Just to be clear, he was fine. It was more of a slight offing than a crash, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, kind he of said, just... I think he said something about there being a lot of gravel or, or, or something, didn't he, nearby? or Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he's all right. Um, but actually, talking about fireballs and Grosjean, um, Gene Haas has pulled the, 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 the Haas sponsorship from Grosjean in IndyCar now, um, and he said that is because he didn't want to pay Grosjean to, to injure himself. Um, don't quote me on that. That's not a direct quote. But um, the point was is that Gene Haas didn't want to give Grosjean money in order to, um, you know, upset his family and all this type of thing. ah uh, I'm not
1: sure I'm buying that. Sounds like someone he's trying to uh, cut their ties with a certain driver and and maybe not, maybe he doesn't want the sponsorship upside down when he sees it spinning around on a circuit. You know, that that doesn't bode well for a sponsorship, does it? So cut ties with him. He's prone. I think he's a great driver. I, at one point, I did think he still had a little bit of magic in him as well. <laughs> but it, it might still be there. You never know. But I, I, I just think people have, look, we've done Grosjean. Let's move on from him now.
0: Okay, Elton, we'll move on. Uh...
1: No, no, I'm not saying <laughs> us. I'm just saying Gene has
0: <laughs> No, I know exactly what you're saying. One uh, interesting
3: uh, point that I've just found was that a quote Grosjean gave to IndyCar when he stepped out of the car was that it felt like home. So he's obviously quite happy in America. He never said an F1 car felt like home. So take that what you will.
1: Yeah. He he was buried in the kitty litter at the time he gave that quote though I think <laughs> yeah
0: oh, quite possibly like
1: him, doesn't
2: it I'm not going it. Gullies, I believe they're technically
1: cautious. yes that's right yeah
0: oh uh, the Grosjean Gully I was just telling I was just telling Dan about the Grosjean Gully before we started recording <laughs> possibly my favourite uh, quote of your podcast was the Grosjean Gully uh, did, how did that come around just out of interest
1: I think it was when we were naming the corners on uh, on the Russian Grand Prix.
2: No, it it was before that. It was, he'd crashed. Obviously he'd crashed. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember what circuit it was, but it was, there was one corner where science went out at the beginning of a race and he took his front wheel off. But during testing, Grosjean had gone off there a few times and you decided to call that runoff area the Grosjean gully because he was just...
1: Well, they have one now in Spain, don't they? Where you have to go yeah. the long way around. Uh, they yeah. also have one in Russia on Turn One, Turn Two. So mm-hmm. anything like that now is just nicknamed the Grosjean Gully.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was a goldmine for our podcast, and now he's gone. You know, we're, we're, yeah, what are we going to do? I
0: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I was thinking there was a potential Grosjean Gully actually in Monza uh, at the end of the first straight, but if I can't recall him going through it, he may have smashed through it, but. Vettel did. He went straight through. Yeah, I remember Irene Vettel yeah.
3: I think that's oh, my I'm... favourite radio message of all time. Vettel saying his brakes have failed and then Ferrari immediately coming over the radio and saying, okay, stop the car. And like, obviously he can't. <laughs> his brakes have failed. I think that's a f- my favourite radio
0: message of all time. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um... I want to get you, you, your take guys on on Aston Martin um what do you think of them coming into f1 obviously this is this is racing point with a new logo but there, there is change going on what are you expecting for them this season and um what do you think of the the story that um, stroll's stroll senior is going to um, try and get Hamilton Um <clears throat> <laughs>
2: I think that sums up my thoughts on that uh, particular rumor well, as far as austin martin coming into formula one uh, the, the biggest change i can see coming is there will be a green car back on the grid for the first time since jaguar although hopefully this will be a good green not the jaguar green
0: but it might be green and pink
2: it's not going to be green and pink. <laughs> so yeah, obviously uh, now it will not be green and I pink. I was very
0: surprised that BWT uh, stayed with Aston Martin. I don't think anyone saw that coming, to be honest. So, you know, obviously the, the infamous pink racing point. Um, they're going to have to get pink on there somewhere. But um, Elton, what, what's your thoughts on Aston Martin, Vettel, Stroll?
1: I'm actually quite looking forward to them. I have a, a little soft spot for Stroll. I don't know why.
2: I've he's got some magic left. He's got some magic left, doesn't he's he? He's
1: got some magic <laughs> le- He's taken over from Grosjean for me. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking for it is going to be a racing point. We know that, but Vettel changing his uh, tact, moving over to over to Aston Martin. Fair enough, he got booted out of Ferrari, and so he really didn't have any say on that situation. But it's I think it's exciting. I think they should have a pretty good car underneath them. As Andy said, green's my favourite colour anyway, so I'm going to be supporting them. If I can get loads of merch, please, Aston Martin, if you're listening. Probably not. But if you are listening, I'll have some. Definitely. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to them. I, I think they are possibly going to be one of the most exciting teams on the grid, whether they hit the dizzy heights or just, Don't muster any beef whatsoever.
0: I mean, a lot of people they're saying that Aston Martin are going to be sort of you know battling against McLaren for that third place, uh, certainly this year, and then pushing on into twenty twenty two. Dan, what what do what do you make of that? I personally, having spoken with 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 Matt Bishop and various people that are build you know bringing this Aston Martin team to life, I, I, I think it's. they've really, really got potential. And dare I say, could this be the return of Vettel? That's, that's a statement. I mean, I'm with Elton and
3: I have a bit of a soft spot for Lance Stroll. I don't, I think he's proven himself to be not, I'm not going to say a good driver, but an okay driver. He's got his pole position at Turkey. He's got a few podiums under his belt. So I don't think he's as bad as many people give him slack for. I do think he'll be beaten by Vettel. Um, and I don't think Aston Martin will challenge for third as closely as they think they're going to challenge for third. I feel like third will be between McLaren with the new Mercedes and Ferrari if they can get their act together. I know that's a bit of a statement and this could come back to bite me horribly in 12 months time when Ferrari are finished ninth behind Haas and Williams. I think, and I think the about 30 days time actually. Yeah. <laughs> or that after pre-season testing. Um, but no. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting you said Ferrari. Um, oh, how our, our plan for this podcast has changed. But Ferrari, their team launch. Um, Dan, I just want to ask you, you know, based based on that bold statement that Ferrari are going to be challenging for third, what did you think of their, their team launch? This wasn't the car launch, was it? This was just the team launch. It was... I mean, I wouldn't really call it a launch, to be honest. I feel like
3: I'm basing Ferrari challenging for third on the fact that they have a very strong driver lineup in Leclerc and Science. I don't think I'm basing it so much on the fact their car will be the third quickest. But then again, McLaren wasn't the third quickest car last season and they managed to get third in the constructors. I think racing point was probably quicker. Um, but yeah, the team launch was just, I kind of just wasted my lunch hour watching it. Um, mm. n- nothing really came out of it. It was the clerk, Science and, um, Binotto saying how great they all are and how great Ferrari is for a little while. And then that was it. Mm.
0: And then, and then I think it was earlier today, the news breaks that Binotto's not actually going to be at most of the races next year. He's going to be focusing on 2022. So mm. f- in feels- 2020, the races he
3: wasn't at Ferrari did better at than the races that he was at. I think the only podiums Ferrari got, or at least two of the podiums Ferrari got, Benotto wasn't there in twenty twenty. So uh well that hold, well.
0: hold on just before we we we, we broadcast this, because that's a bold statement. Can we check the facts please? We need to take a quick break. But can we check the facts on that please, Dan? Because <laughs> that's uh that's a surprising statement.
3: I will I'll have a look. I'll have a look.
0: Amazing. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the show. This is the Cut to the Race podcast. We have got the guests with us today from the GP podcast, Andy Elton. You're still here with us, aren't you? Um, so- yeah. yeah.
2: Technically, it's the Grand Prix podcast. I don't know if you type GP, you'd find us, but yeah, either way.
0: Oh dear. Grand Prix podcast on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts from. That's All right, we'll send
2: you our linking details at the end. It's fine. <laughs>
0: um. Just before we went on that break, um, Dan, you had some fact-checking to do on your bold statement about Ferrari. Can we just can we just follow up on that, please?
3: My, my fact-checking revealed I was a little bit too bold on that statement. Um, yeah. Benotto wasn't at the Turkish Grand Prix, which is where Ferrari did the best of their season, finishing third and fourth with Vettel getting his only podium of the season. Um, and Ferrari scored the most points of any constructor at the Turkish Grand Prix. Because obviously third and fourth points added up to more than Mercedes got because Bottas was... Bottas was
0: playing in the puddles.
3: Yeah, let's not let's not talk about that. Um, my Bottas <laughs> fanboy can't deal with it. But um, yeah, so Ferrari's most successful weekend of the season was at Turkey.
0: So I was kind of right. Which was a bit of a fluke, but okay. <laughs>
3: okay, right. I, I had it in my head somewhere. Benotto also wasn't at Bahrain, but Ferrari finished
0: 11th and 12th in Bahrain. So,
1: was, Did he turn up at any races? Gee, he, he sounds like he was having a bit of a skive year.
0: Part-time team principal, it sounds like, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I also say, Ferrari are the only team that would get away with doing two launches at the beginning of a season. It's disgusting. How, how dare they think that we would watch two launches? I wish Shame you I hadn't. Me. It was terrible. Ah.
0: I showed them I didn't watch one. <laughs> 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 ah. I'm not sure what they actually launched on the first one. There, there was no launching of anything. It was just saying what we already knew. Well, <laughs> It's their bold new team livery of a shade of red. That's not
2: actually that, Ferrari red. It's that's more not than true. Orange, but
1: McClurk L- had tea towels. He was handing out tea towels. Okay. Ready for everyone. Uh, uh, Science had a nice pinny on as well.
2: So let's we'll do a T-shirt cannon, me, at least.
1: See, yes, T-shirt cannon
3: to no one. Yeah, to no one, yeah. And, uh-oh, there's no one in the crowd. They just fired it up in the air and then tried
0: to catch it themselves <laughs> to make themselves feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, so we've, hold on, I just need to flip back. So we've got the second Ferrari launch, um, March the 10th. And in brackets on the Sky Sports F1 website, it says Ferrari team launch on February 26th, Ferrari car launch on March the 10th. But uh, at the time of recording, it is the 28th of February, uh, we have had McLaren, Alpha Tauri, Alfa Romeo and Red Bull. Um, has has anything interesting happened out of these car launches yet? I mean, the
2: Alpha Tauri looked good. I like that.
0: Nice In the, re- it, the reverse, basically it was, you know, um, if you're on Photoshop and you press inverse colors, essentially it's the play, that's what it's, it was. It's
2: the, it's the player two. So if you're both playing Street Fighter and you're both to play players Ryu, you know, one wears the white one, the other one wears slightly different colors. It's just the inverse color. But yeah, I like the Alpha Tower. It kind of had a um, 1970s Ligier feel to it or Tyrell, something like that. Yeah,
0: I like that. Okay. And
3: Alpha Tauri's launch, because it was second after the McLaren launch, and McLaren did obviously the big program on Sky with Lando and Daniel and Natalie Pinkham hosting it. And then Alpha did a two minute YouTube video at eight o'clock in the morning. I was kind of, I was so hyped for it, I thought I'd get up early because eight o'clock's early. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a two minute YouTube video. <laughs>
1: Oh, here's me keeping the wheels of industry turning, uh, getting up at six, and there, there's you getting up early at eight. Jeez.
0: <laughs> Gosh. Dan, I'm so sorry for putting you out writing about this kind of stuff to have to get up at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm so sorry, mate. I'll get someone else to do it next time. Um, but you are right. And I've got to say, with the McLaren livery, I'm going to admit to something here that I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. Because we're an honest bunch of people, we, we at the Formula Nerds actually wrote an article about it and then put last year's livery up by accident because we couldn't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we did. We did. Oh. Oh, that, was that was on one funny. of Callum's Facebook posts. He put the, the livery from last year up and someone caught it. So we had to quickly pretend that never happened. But there Think is no difference. Attention to most of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite amazed that people do pay that much attention, but they do. Um, what do you think of the driver lineup at McLaren? So we've, we've obviously we've got Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris um, this year. Uh, Elton, Andy, what are your thoughts on those two together? Because they've said they're not going to be the meme kings, which we would have expected, right? Well, they can say that. One does not choose to be a meme king. One
2: is gifted. It is. It, it, you know, you don't choose to meme king life. The meme king life comes to you. Um, but in particular someone was saying that they think Ferrari's got the strongest driver lineup I'd argue McLaren might have the strongest driver lineup
1: I know they don't want to be meme kings uh, but give it half a year and Sky Sports will have them on every single thing that they do every little little relay that they do they'll have them racing them stupid little uh, radio control cars up and down Mm -hmm. all the time it'll be like well who do we go to I will. Someone get Lando. Someone get uh, Ricardo, and then I'll have the, them shepherds crooks and grab them by the hook, uh, back, grab them by the the throat and pull them in. And
2: have Johnny Herbert
0: dabbing on uh, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that made me cringe. <laughs> it's. Do you know what? You, you are right. And I just, I, I, I just have a picture in my mind of the Red Bull uh, drivers driving around in Aston Martins with trailers uh, on the back. And I think, I think that was. Ricardo and Verstappen. Um, but you are right. It, it's it, They're going to be the go-to guys for social media. And I think they know that, let's be honest here. They've got the two personalities in one team. It's genius.
1: It's good corporate image. If they want Instagram hits, they're going to get Instagram hits. If they want Facebook likes, that's what they're there for. They're also there because they're bloody good drivers and they make a cracking team. I'm looking forward to it. I am wondering, is there going to be like a, a little? There's going to be an incident where they have to butt heads, and if something sparks off there and they don't quite get along, that's going to be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, when 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 it was the McLaren launch, I I, I did ask. I said. Ricardo, are you going to learn from Lando? And Ricardo was very much well. Lando is the existing driver in McLaren, so therefore he's going to show me the ropes here. But I've had have been in F one for ten years, so I think they're going to learn from each other in terms of um, how they progress. And I, I I do think I think it's exciting combo, um, I really do. But um, going back to Alpha Tauri, we've got um, Gasly and Sonoda. What do you make of these two?
1: I, I've been watching F2 and it, it, look, the, the, the guy's been popping up. I've been trying to concentrate on F1 and so I, I when names pop up at me, I concentrate on them and watch, watch the races, but I don't solely commit my whole life to the whole weekend. I, I just don't have time to, to commit my whole life to mm-hmm. that whole weekend, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'd love to. That would be amazing. Unfortunately... That's not going to happen. A patron's not there forward... yet. No, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, I am I am looking forward to him. Uh, Gasly, I, I think he's, he's the man. I think he's great. I think he's a fantastic for Formula 1 is, it, itself. That win that he had last year, uh, who didn't get slightly, even slightly emotional about that. It was just a beautiful weekend, possibly my favourite weekend of that year.
0: I agree. I actually, if I remember correctly, I called Gasly my driver of last year. I think the guy was just insane. If you look at all of his race results, he moved up on every race, and he had, he was he was brilliant, and he showed what he really can do. But we've got a new driver into F1, and I find that exciting. I think moving new talent in is much better than bringing a certain Spaniard back. Um, so I'm interested to see how Gasly will compare against... Um, you know, the, the, the young, I think everyone knows, up-and-coming drivers. Ah, oh, he's um, a fetus. He's a bloody fetus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was avoiding it so much. He he, he does look kind of young. He does look kind of young.
3: I really rate Sonoda. I've watched a fair bit of Formula 2 last year. He's really racy. Like, put him in a wheel-to-wheel battle. He will fight fairly, but strongly. So I re- I think Sonoda will do quite well. I don't think he'll beat Gasly, but I do think he'll challenge Gasly in a good way like Lando and Daniel will challenge each other in a good way I think it'll be quite close I'm excited to have another
2: Japanese driver back you know it's been a while since we've had old Kamui Kobayashi running around doing his thing so
0: let's see what's (laughs) to know running around doing his thing indeed Um, we did a react post on our on our Facebook of who who do we think will finish better between the two drivers Um, we had just shy of 9,000 people decided to let us know what they thought 8.5 thousand people said Gad- Gasly will be the, num- the, the 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 better driver. And 638 people said Sonoda. So
3: I'm not hmm. surprised about that, but this isn't related to racing really. But Sonoda is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Like in interviews, he honestly he's lovely. So as long as he can not be lovely
0: in the car, <laughs> so- I think he'll be fine. So basically we need him to become an arsehole and then he might change those statistics.
3: Yeah, well, you look at someone like Lando Norris. He's all jokey outside of the car, but as soon as he puts his helmet on, he is in the zone. He is 100% serious. Like he moans at Carlos Sainz on the radio a lot last year for trying to be a hero in turn one at Russia, for example. Like Friendships are put aside for Lando. I think Sonoda will be the same. As soon as his helmet's on, he'll be helmet um, race driven. Then as soon as the race is over, I think he'll become lovely again.
1: But, Is that your team talk? You're, yeah. you're leaning over to him and like, good luck in the race. Don't be lovely.
3: <laughs> yeah, I should be Sonoda's manager, really. No,
0: not at all. Not at all. You, got you two, you'd be wet lettuce. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. The other car we've had revealed was the Alfa Romeo. So we had uh, Giovinazzi and. M- the Ice Man, Kimi Raikkonen, um, unveiling the, uh, the, the the car again. This was one of them. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but this was one of those really early morning YouTube reveals, and there were three drivers standing there, and I couldn't quite really figure out why. I can't remember how early in the
3: morning it was. There were three drivers standing there. There were. Raikkonen, and Giovinazzi, and then Robert Kubica, the reserve driver. Yeah, but who, in the middle,
0: he was in the. Why was
3: Kubica he, in the I, middle? I think because Alpha Romeo's title sponsor, or Len, or Lien—I'm not too sure how you say it—are Kubica's brand. They followed Kubica throughout his career when he was at Williams. They're the title sponsor of Romeo, because Kubica's there. The launch was in Warsaw,
0: Poland, where Kubica's from. And lastly, we had Red Bull. Now, I was expecting a show from Red Bull. I was thinking it was going to be when I'm interactive, everyone logs in, asks the drivers questions. Nope, it wasn't. It was just a uh, click here on YouTube. Or was it even that? No, it wasn't even that. It I was they just sent the pictures out, didn't they? So Red Bull are being a little bit shady. Very.
1: are. I, a are Are they playing their cards too close to their chest? Because with with all these launches, I've just seen them through Twitter and and just, I I log on there, I pop up. Oh, look, there's a new car. Brilliant. Zoom in, have a little look, see what I think about it. Yay or nay. And then I move on. It's, there's no pizzazz this time, uh, this time around, probably because of what's going on in the world. But, I, I, you always expect something a little different from Red Bull and we didn't get anything. This was just, hi guys, look, here's our homework. It's all in early. Don't worry about it. We're going to go off. We're going to go to the coffee house and we'll see you at the first race. It's very shady. Mm-hmm. They've got either got an amazing car underneath them or they're really, really worried.
0: Yeah, so Elton, I think you're onto something here, Dan. You picked this up, so I'm I'm not going to steal, you know, steal the thunder here. But there's been a lot of secrecy on these car images, hasn't there? There has. The example I always look at,
3: or not always look at. It only happened this year, but at McLaren's shakedown at Silverstone the day after their launch, they took a picture with all the Mercedes engine crew with their car to show off the new sponsorship with Mercedes. And they had quite literally Google painted out their barge boards in just black pen. So you couldn't see any of the um, the fine details. And uh, <laughs> Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo were sort of sat on the wheel with half their leg covering it. The barge board was all blacked out. So yeah, they're not giving away any secrets, but it wasn't a neat job. It was literally like someone had just scribbled all over the boards in a hasty, hasty job, which was quite funny.
0: They should come and work for us. They sound they sound about on our on our level. It was. But can I just well actually bear a little bit?
2: There's no branding from Mercedes on the McLaren. It's not. No, uh, there's no and, sponsorship. There's none. And do you know why? Well, it's because they're a competitor, aren't they? You know, McLaren sell road cars. They don't want to be advertising Mercedes road cars.
0: Yeah, I I did look into this. There's no requirement in the the contracts for um, them to advertise that they have a, Mm. a Mercedes in there. It's interesting. But also, if you look at the, the pictures from the car going around Silverstone, uh, the McLaren we're still talking about, um, there are no pictures of the bottom half whatsoever. There, there is tactically placed grass just above the barge boards. Tactical so, grass. Um, tactical grass. So it, it is interesting. Um Talking, Going back to Red Bull, we have Verstappen and we have Perez. Now, this was obviously the spicy topic of last year. I mean, God, how many hours did you guys talk about it? How many hours did we talk about it? It -hmm. happened. Um, Three. (laughs) Three. (laughs) What do you guys think, Perez? The entire season, just three hours. That's it.
2: Perez, Verstappen, what's your thoughts? Well, the conventional wisdom is that Verstappen is going to continue to be the lord and saviour of all that is Red Bull. Uh, for he is the messiah the chosen one uh, he does have a Red Bull sized uh, birthmark uh, on his upper arm that was gifted to him at birth uh, I think Perez will do better than Albon did and I think what's going to be interesting is if we start getting fireworks because if we recall when Ricardo was with Red Bull and they started getting close to each other Stappen doesn't do well when there are people up his jacksie
0: does he? <laughs> When it's people nipping at his heels. He doesn't do well. No, no. There, there are collisions. He doesn't there play nice. Fireworks. Um, Elton, what's
1: your thought? Perez, Verstappen? I personally think that this is the strongest uh, pairing on the grid. Because I, I think Perez will learn from the other drivers that have been in that team. He'll see what's happened with them. If you nip at Verstappen you kind of get bitten and then you end up going further and further back. He drop back. He's he's going to keep close quarters with him. May, he might go into battle with him a couple of times, but I think it's going to be the strongest team on that grid. I think it's a wise choice to bring him into the team. And Verstappen, rightly so, as Andy said, he is the Lord and Saviour of Red Bull. He's going to keep pushing them forwards. He has no choice, but he's not going to have a, a season where he just sits back and goes... Do you know what? I can't be arsed this year. He's going to push forward. He's always going to push forward. And I think with Perez, you've got a great match, wingman per se, in a driver in him, and he's going to push that team forward and they are going to hopefully go great guns this year.
2: A bold prediction for you. I think Red Bull are going to get the constructors this year. Do you?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Is that I both? Think, sorry, sorry. Just, just, just for the audio. Is that both of you agreeing? Red Bull are going to win the constructors this year.
1: That's my money. My money is Red Bull will win the constructors this year. Yeah. I predicted it last year, and and got nailed. So um, I'm going to predict it again this year. <laughs> I, I I think they will get it. Yeah. I,
0: I love it. I love that. I, I love that. You know, as F1 fans as we all are, you both are saying you actually think this is possible to knock mercedes off the top step well only on the constructors hamilton's still going to win with drivers
3: but yeah, I of course he will of course, of course. But, but Bottas might <laughs> ah, Bottas, Bottas will be so the sweet. reason i kind of
2: want to ruffle your hair dan that's
3: <laughs> <laughs> wish wishful thinking um no i think i think red bull will come closer to mercedes in the constructors i don't think they'll beat mercedes um but what will give red bull the advantage is sergio perez is absolute wizardry when it comes to managing tyres he can make tyres that are meant to go 20 laps last 40 laps so he's almost going to always be able to do the alternate strategy whether Red Bull want to overcut undercut him or whatever to Bottas or Hamilton over <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Start that again. <laughs> you know what I mean if they want to overcut Lewis or Valtteri or undercut Lewis or Valtteri there's that Option which they perhaps didn't have with Albon because he wasn't as good as Perez is at managing tires. So well, there's d-
0: always that. Option. That that takes us straight back to the Turkish Grand Prix where it was all about tires and and wisdom essentially. And and, and who did you have? You had Hamilton, Perez, and Vettel. Except- all of whom were our experts, drivers with so much experience managing. I I I really think Verstappen's going to learn a lot from Perez this year. And I think it could make Verstappen an even stronger force than he already is. See, that's something I don't know we're going to see. Verstappen doesn't strike me as someone who
2: really learns from other drivers. Because (laughs) I kind of think Verstappen has been drinking his own Kool-Aid for quite a bit. And look, it's (laughs) justifiably so. Because that's a damn effective Kool-Aid. I mean, you know, he yeah. is the most exciting driver on the grid, perhaps. But I don't think he's necessarily going to... I don't think he's going to make the conscious decision to learn from Perez. I think what's going to happen is if Perez starts getting close to him
0: or beating him, there's going to be a strop. But, you uh, no. A little push in the, in, in the, in the pellet. There will be fireworks, I think, at Red Bull. Mm. They're not
3: going to get along all rosy like Max and Alex and Max and... Pierre did but then again Max and Alex and Max and Pierre never really had any fights because they were so far apart on track like there was no reason for them to have any fights you know Gasly and Albon were hovering around 6th 7th 8th whereas Max was always either out of the first corner or fighting for the win whereas it'll be a different situation with Checo
0: okay and 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 that leaves well it leaves Mercedes um guys I'd just like to know what your thoughts are on the Mercedes lineup this year
2: so, uh, let me get this straight. There's Valtteri Bottas. And uh, who's this other driver they've got going there? Um,
0: not, not sure. He's only got one year left.
2: okay. <laughs> Look, the, the cars are fundamentally going to be the same cars. And the engines are fundamentally going to be the same engines. These are the last years with these engine rigs. And Mercedes have utterly dominated with these engine regs and Lewis is utterly dominated in that car. I think you'd have to be um, a stark craving madman to bet against Lewis Hamilton winning again this year. Now Bottas, now that's an interesting one. It's can he pull a Rossberg? or is this the year where George Russell gets to go and squeeze his feet into some size 10s?
0: Yeah, talking about George Russell squeezing feet into size 10s, it's it's all going to change at the end of this year, right? We are going to see, from from certainly what I think, we're going to see a complete transformation of driver lineups, of, well, obviously cars, regulations, as we know. Who who would you two put in that Mercedes next year? Elson, I'm going to aim this one at you.
1: Yeah, oh, God. Um, if Hamilton's around, then you, you kind of... Hamilton's going to either stick with Mercedes or Bail. he's not going to go to any other team
2: and he's got, got a recording career ahead of him hashtag blessed he,
1: he, he does have a recording career ahead of him but he's done and he, he keeps making a point of this every single lap of his Formula 1 career with the Mercedes engines behind him he doesn't want to ruin that and so mm-hmm. he will either do this year or do another year. He can always add another year on. That's fine. It's, it's like a, a top-up phone. He, he can top up whenever he wants. He has that. He can do that whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I don't know. With, with Bottas, I, th- I I don't know why they're keeping him. I'm sorry, Dan. Don't, don't crack in awkward with me. Honestly, <laughs> I heard that earlier <laughs> on. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to wait for like a big uh, boxing glove to come out my screen now. Ballistic and missile. The face. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> that's a good idea. Hang on, let me let me organise that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't know. I I think he's just just good enough to get that car around. Unfortunately, he's the perfect
0: number two driver for he Mercedes. Is. Effectively, because- well, he is, but only in that car at it current as it currently is because you know <laughs> i'm not sure if uh, some of the things i can say here but bottas is perfect for that car but if if red bull like you're suggesting if they are going to be nipping at the heels bottas is not going to be the driver for the number two in mercedes is he they're going to need to up their game they're going to need to put a Russell in there yep
2: yeah. incidentally when when bottas does win this year and says to whom it may concern fu that one will be <laughs> for you just, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring <laughs> so, yeah. it on. Bring no, it on. I, I think I think if what well, I I think it's going to be a case that with a stronger Red Bull, Mercedes cannot have Bottas underperforming as he has been. And so whereas in the past they've been like, well, Red Bull are, you know, limping around around with one driver effectively. So it's fine to just let Lewis do his thing because Lewis is happy because no one's challenging him they're going to need a stronger teammate. Plus, Lewis is coming to the end of his career one way or the other. You know, there are more years behind him and ahead of him. And Russell is Mercedes' future. They're, mm. they're not going to let him with the Vine over at Williams. As soon as they can get him into that Mercedes, they're doing it.
3: Mm. Bottas needs the season of his life this year to have any chance of keeping that seat for 2022. And I think even if he has the season of his life, his future depends on Lewis. It's like, it's as simple as mm. that. If Lewis goes i think bottas will stay because i don't think mercedes will risk a brand new lineup heading into 2022 i think they'd want that experience that he brings i mean he's not a bad driver like i'm biased because i really like bottas but he does push lewis every saturday in qualifying and some sundays on race day but either way he needs to be in the form of his
0: life for 2021 it's yeah, but, no but, Bottas I mean, saying Bottas is a good driver. I remember being at Silverstone, I can't remember what year it was, but when B- Bottas was in the Williams and he overtook uh, Lewis right at the start and, well, Lewis won in the end, but obviously. That was, but, um, that was a great move, great move. <laughs> <that one. laughs> but Bottas is a good driver. He's just not a Lewis Hamilton. It's as simple as that. He's not a Lewis I, Hamilton. You won't find
3: many Lewis Hamiltons in the world at all. Like, I wouldn't say Seb's a Lewis Hamilton. He's a four-time world champion. The range of skill Lewis has is unbelievable. I don't think... Do I think Bottas would have been a world champion if he'd been in a Merck with someone other than Lewis? No. I do. My my heart says I, I, yes. I,
0: I do. I my mean, heart, mean, heart says yes.
3: I think Bottas is a better driver than a lot of people give him credit
2: for.
0: Thank you. Okay, right. This is a brilliant question. Let's just re- rewind on this, Dan. Ask that question one more time. Would Bottas have been a world champion if Lewis hadn't have been his teammate in the Mercedes? So Elton shook his head. Andy, yeah. you nodded your head. So I, I'm just going to sit back. I mean, we've had
2: this argument plenty of times. I think Bottas would because Bottas is fundamentally a good driver and that is the best car. And as we saw with Sakir, you put a good driver in that car. That car has the potential to win what it doesn't have is when you have the greatest driver of a generation as your teammate, you're going to come up short alongside him. There are certain drivers that I think if you put in a Mercedes, you know, certain Canadian drivers, perhaps, um, certain drivers who will not be named. I don't think that car would win, but with Bottas, I think that car can win a championship. Okay. To be fair, it would be easy for me to list all the drivers that couldn't win a championship in a Mercedes than those who could,
3: you know? Yeah. He's proven he can win races, but and it, it pains me to say this, but he's only won nine or 10 races in his whole career, which is, I think it's less than Max and Max is in an inferior car. So there, there is that argument that he's just not consistent enough week in, week out, but like he'll get many more poles, or he has many more poles than he has wins, which again, I, I hate saying it because I really do like Bottas, but you you don't if believe Lewis in him. is there, <laughs> if Lewis is there, he doesn't have a chance. But I think he'll win in 2021. Well, look at Button. Look at Kimi, even.
2: You know, you, you have to be in the right place at the right time. He's in the right place, but it's at the wrong time.
1: I don't think he's got... He's not world championship material. I'm really sorry. I like the guy, but I don't like him that much. Because I, I don't think he... If you put Ricardo in that team against him, Ricardo's going to win. If you put Vettel in that team, Vettel's going to win. Mm. Russell russell's going to win i think that was proven at, at the race last year it was just he's just good enough to take that team up in it, to collect them points at the very end mm-hmm. and i think if you had a battle between mercedes and red bull next year it would go lewis hamilton uh verstappen perez bottas and that will be the the first corner and that would be every first corner because that's that's the way it works. Look look at when you had Williams versus McLaren and you had Senna and uh, Berger versus Mansell and Patrese. You had Senna at the front and then it was more likely Berger or Patrese at the rear. And that's the way I see him. I, he, he fits a niche very well. He can drive that car bloody well. Unfortunately, I don't think he's got world champion material in him.
2: Yeah, but what if Grosjean was his teammate? <laughs>
1: Grosjean's got a little bit of magic,
3: mate. He
0: Honestly. does. He does. He does. I'm I, I
3: not that. saying Grosjean would beat Bottas, surely.
1: He would into turn one, turn two, that he'd then be spinning, and there'd be like a lucky. The really car bust. might win
0: into turn three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we, we know that we've got a little uneven um, match at Mercedes, but this year, at Ferrari, I'd say it's pretty even playing field, isn't it? The, these two are both incredible drivers. Now, I'm not a Ferrari fan, but I'm a fan of Leclerc, and I'm also a fan of Sainz. What's going to happen this year? Are we going to see fireworks? Well, you know, These are pretty equal drivers, in my opinion. Oh, it is. And it's going to be a really tight fight, But who's going to get 12th and 13th? <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who's going to get which one then? <laughs>
1: I don't who know. Who knows? Th- it's,
0: it's, it's a bit of a toss up.
1: <laughs> I think science is going to rock up and uh, possibly blow the doors off Leclerc. Oh. And I, I think they're both great drivers, once again. I think they could be evenly matched. But I think science might turn up. And it's a new, new beginning for him. He's, he's reborn again. He's, he's had his time at uh, Renault and, and uh, Toro Rosso and uh, McLaren. But this is kind of what everyone is kind of steering towards, a Ferrari drive. He's got it. I think he's at the right time of his career. He's at the right age as well. And he, he has it right there. It, if they rock up with a good car, he's going to go guns, definitely.
0: I, I also think there's a, there's a strange dimension to this where McLaren potentially are set up to do better than Ferrari this year. That's, you know, that, that's, several, that's my opinion. Um, Last year. But Sainz is going to have something to prove. He, he's going to be in a Ferrari now saying, I've made the right choice moving here. I need to beat those McLarens. I think Sainz is in a bit of a pickle, really, because
3: obviously Ferrari have got Mick Schumacher coming through in the Haas this year, who Benotto has said he has hopes for in 2023 to drive the Ferrari. So Sainz needs to perform in these two seasons. Otherwise, he's at a bit of a dead end, because where do you go from Ferrari? There's no, there's nowhere above it, other Aston than Mercedes at the moment. You go to Aston Martin. Okay, Aston Martin, go. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I think Sainz needs to do to Leclerc what Leclerc did to Vettel when he first joined and come in better than people expect you to come in and take away, totally take away that number one, number two rule.
2: Well, it's an interesting dimension with science that I think a lot of people have forgotten. He is the only driver other than Ricardo that's taken on Verstappen and not wilted under that.
0: That That, that is interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that.
3: Science's best move was to escape the Red Bull Driver Academy when he went to Renault halfway through 2017, I think. It was a
0: great, great move from him. See, what I want to see from Science is I want to see um, a a man on a mission. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think I've seen that yet from him. Um, He hasn't stood out like a crazy, insanely determined driver to win to me yet. I think in this Ferrari is when we're going to see it. I don't think it'll be this Ferrari. Maybe next year's Ferrari. In in a Ferrari. Okay. I think we saw it at Monza
3: a little bit when he was chasing down Gasly in the final few laps and he had to overtake Kimi after the red flag restart. And his engineer was on the radio, kind of going, "Oh, it's okay, one at a time." And Science was like, "No, I don't care about Kidney. I want to get Gasly in front of me." And then he said later on in the race, he was like, "I want this win." I think that's when we saw a bit of determination coming from Science. But I do agree. Other than that, he's sat back quite a bit. So I'm hoping
0: we can see Monza Science. I know when you, yeah, I know exactly when you're talking about. It. My only argument is that he didn't win it. So that that's he what tried. I would have wanted. To, well, we all try. <laughs> um,
2: you know. Wasn't that the race when one particular driver just didn't bother doing a pit stop?
0: Who? Start stroll. Oh, Stroll. So I thought you were making a joke against Hamilton in the red flag no, scenario. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in, in the
2: race. Uh, stroll didn't bother doing a pit stop and ended up finishing second. Because he had a
3: free one in the under yeah, the red flag. Yeah. yeah. Damn you, Stroll! <laughs> and that's my second favourite team radio moment, I think, of the season, when Magnussen's car broke and he just wasn't bothered. He kind of went, oh, my
0: car broke over the radio like he w- wasn't disappointed at all it's quite funny i do miss K Mag. i already miss kmag he, he was a bit of he was a bit of a personality in f1 but what i will say is gasly on the podium in monza just won and there are no fans there of all the years to win it man oh
1: yeah it, it sucks to do it on that year doesn't mm. it and Unfortunately, it's, it's one of those things, hopefully, that will come around again. The, I, looking at his pain and, and his journey just sat on that podium as well. You, you could feel the weight of the world just lift from his shoulders while he was sat on that podium. It's a beautiful moment. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I hope he gets to do it again. It, it's like um, when science finished on the podium in Brazil the year before, and all the fans have gone home and they're like, oh, no, let's all climb up on the podium and get all the whole team up there. Yeah, it's a great moment, but you didn't get it in front of the fans, though, did you guys?
0: No. Well, on that note, we need to take a very quick pause and we'll see you on the other side. We are back on the other side. So um, to end the show today, we, we I want to know from the Grand Prix podcast hosts what do they think we have to look forward to this year. And also actually in 2022, because the whole sport is going to completely change in 2022. What, what, are you, what would you put your names down to say is, is going to be the action this year? Because I'm going to call you at the end of this year and then we're going to recap on it.
1: Oh wow! Okay, um, <laughs> no pressure, man. Yeah, no pressure whatsoever. Jeez. Um, what do I think? Uh, I'm, I, Mercedes' dominance will be broken. That is the big thing. I think you'll you, you'll still have Hamilton scoring, winning races, and leading the championship. It'll it become very close. Ver, Verstappen would be very close to actually becoming a world champion and he'll bin it at some point. But I think the dominance of Mercedes will be broken this year. Okay.
0: God, I'm a Mercedes fan. I'm a, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan, but good God, I hope you're right. Um, Andy, what, what, do you, what, what bold prediction are you going to make for this year? What bold prediction am I going
2: to make for this year? I've already made the bold prediction, which is Red Bull are going to win the Constructors' Championship. Yes, you have. I see that yep. happening. Uh, let me give you some other bold predictions. Uh, I think at least two driver changes will be made throughout the course of a season. Permanent okay. changes, not just uh, subs.
0: And, and is one of them um, in a potentially red car with white on it and um, is American? Uh,
2: oh, is the car American? Perhaps, perhaps. Who, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um We'll see, uh, bold predictions. Uh, I, I think Rich NGD will uh, end up having zero involvement in the sport this year. Okay. So uh, t- t- take that uh, as far as you want. <laughs> yeah, it's the problem. It's, it's very hard this year to do bold predictions because, A, we're on the last year of, you know, well-established set of regs. And at the same time, we're still kind of in pandemic town, isn't it? It's, it's Things could flare up in a country again and all of a sudden other races cancel. So... Yeah, the, the bold prediction I have is Red Bull will win a Constructors' Championship. Um, OK. Here's, here's an, I mean, I'll give you another one just for uh, shits and giggles. Uh, I don't think Ferrari will be finishing third, or third. No, I don't either. I don't think that's a <laughs> bold statement. Fifth. I think that's, that's a
0: fact. <laughs> um, so, all right. Do, do you think that this year then is it? Dare I say, a bit of a write-off in, in in the sense that everyone's already thinking about next year. For, Ferrari are publicly saying most of their focus, well, certainly half of their focus, is going onto the twenty twenty two car. Is this just a just a just an overrun due to no. the pandemic?
2: This year is probably going to be the most exciting year we've had in recent years, okay. precisely because of that. Uh, we always see, you know, towards the end of a season the cars get a lot closer, you know, because they understand how the cars work. You know, the engines have got more parity and we're kind of carrying that on. Uh, I, I couldn't give, you know, two shakes of a donkey's uh, what's-its about how Ferrari do, so I don't care about them. But outside of that, I think you're going to have Mercedes. I think you're going to have uh, Red Bull. I dare say Aston Martin and McLaren fighting for podiums, maybe even wins. That'd be exciting be good to see i think williams are going to do better than last year let's face it they could hardly do worse than last year <laughs> um i i think this year will be this year has the potential to be like 2007 was that was Ooh. the year when i think for the first seven races we had a different winner
1: Nine, uh, from 12. a different
2: team it was 2012 there you go but it was this is why I have Elton on the podcast, because he remembers this stuff. But I it'll thought it would be was, like that. I thought
0: it was 2009, so, okay, we're, we're, we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I think but I th- I think it'll be about one
2: where we could potentially have multiple different winners uh, over the course of the season and not just... I don't think we're going to get the same Mercedes steamroller dominance, but I think Lewis and that Mercedes will be on the podium every race they finish.
3: I, I think th- it's important, I suppose, to remember that Mercedes have lost certain things they had in 2020 which perhaps they've gave them the advantage they've lost their DAS system which was of course banned ready for this season so how much that will affect them no one obviously knows um and then on Williams as well I don't think they'll come last I reckon they'll beat Haas and possibly Alfa Romeo um, they've got George Russell, obviously, who is... We all know how good George Russell is. I don't think Nicholas Latifi is as bad as people make him out to be. He got a couple of 11th-placed finishes, and to be fair to him, until George got his points at Zakia, he was ahead of George in the championship on countback of race results and whatever. Um. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, Elton,
0: what do you think? <laughs>
1: oh, well, with, with the changes and stuff like that... Um... I think Andy's right. With um, with the technical changes coming in, it does normally tend to squish up the field a little bit. Back runners get their get their gear together and push up towards the mid midfield and push up, up towards the front end of the the grid as well. So it does condense itself slightly, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. L- last year we saw. Uh, Alpha Tauri looking really, really good, and I'm hoping we'll see more of that. Uh, I think Dan, you're right. I think Williams will be ahead of Haas. I I don't really see Haas pushing on per se. They might even drop out at the end of the season. That, that might be a thing. You know, someone mm. might someone might swoop in That's and part. go, oh, you know what? Yeah, and he might be buying another team for someone. Uh,
0: I I have to agree. I don't think Haas can sustain this any longer. If you you know, if, they can't even start their car at the moment, can they? Um, Who's got the keys? <laughs> well, there are only 19 drivers on the grid, but it's... Kevin Magnussen, he's run off with them until he gets the seat back. <laughs> <laughs> it's... hassar the, they are in diabolical place where, you know, they've openly said this car is not... It hasn't moved on from the year before at all. Um I mean, even Williams can say that it has. That's... You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Williams, always have been, and it's pained me to see the struggles that they've gone through. But they've got new ownership, they've got new money, essentially. Um, they're going to be moving forward. Haas, they're not. And, you know, we, we do like Drive to Survive because of our friend Gunter. but this year's going to be wild in that garage.
3: There's no arguments. The only reason that Haas have signed their driver lineup, not Mick Schumacher the other one the other is one. because he brings a lot of money with him there's they have not signed him based on talent he finished fifth in f2 they could have signed schwarzman who i think is a better driver than him obviously i lot is a better driver than him they've chosen him because of the money that he bought which shows i guess how dire their situation is there's talks of teams from monaco entering formula one william story of course has um branded his own, I want to enter a Formula 1 team. So I think there are options should Has choose to drop out, the most likely being this new team from Monaco, which there is an article on our website about.
2: I think if Has drops out, it will be Gene Has dropping out. And the reason they went with the driver of car 9 is his father wants to buy an F1 team. And I think that's what's going to happen at the end of the year. I think it will be the... Uh, Top nine constructors in the world, and
3: the team of the driver of car nine. <laughs> I do feel bad for Mick being in that environment, um, but yeah, car number nine's dad wanted Force India, didn't he? Yeah. When that was for sale, and then got beaten by Lawrence Stroll. Mick will be
2: over an hour from Mayo. The second Kimi decides he'd rather go and just eat his magnums.
0: I've got to be honest. I do feel a bit sorry for Hess. So I think it's just been a sad a sad chain of events for Haas. They came in with with all the right thinking and it's just absolutely fallen apart. But there is one team, guys, that we haven't spoken about on this podcast yet. Which one is it? Alpine? Correct. So what do you guys think of the return of the Alonso? And also, Renault, they did fairly well last year. They've lost Cyril. They've lost the name Renault. They are now Alpine. Lost what, Daniel Ricciardo as well. Well, and and Daniel Ricciardo, yeah. So this is a, this is a different team, basically, isn't it? What are they going to do this year? What's your predictions for them? Fifth, maybe. <laughs> if that.
1: I don't know. They, they did have a very good car last year. They got some good results as well, and I think we saw Alonso in the pit lane, rubbing his hands with glee, looking forward to to getting his little mitts on that car, and. I love that.
2: That Lapid in his
0: 2005 car. Oh. oh, that was that was my favorite part. Of the, oh. One of my favorite parts of the season. Yeah. I watched that about five times over, honestly. See, Dan, Dan was asking what we spoke about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It was a lot of just <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Renault brought their toys to school, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, the
0: yeah. Alonso <laughs> won the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in my yeah. mind.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I, I, uh, last year, I think they had a very good car. I think uh, Ocon didn't perform as well as what I would have liked him to against Ricardo, but I think he will. I I think he's got talent. He's proved that in the past. I think his year out didn't help him, and hopefully he's a bit more up to speed now. Uh, Their young driver coming along uh, this year in Alonso, uh, he should be very good. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. If anyone can drag something out of that car, it's going to be him. And I think he's going to get podiums. I'm not saying he's going to get wins,
0: though. Wow, OK. See, a lot of people are saying Alonso is well past his sell-by date.
2: Oh, um, no. no. Alon- Alonso, to my mind, is one of the best drivers of this generation. I mean, look, he he makes terrible decisions. And let's face <laughs> it, his manager's Flavio Briatore, so you can understand mm-hmm. that. But, I mean, he, he... I remember a while back, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but someone was... I know what it was. We, we were doing one of our um, Deck Chairs and Dirty Air podcasts where we were basically having a dig at Jackie Stewart. Now, Jackie Stewart is always very down on modern F1 drivers, saying, Well, back in my day, Jim Clark was, you know, winning all these races. And then he'd go to F2, and then he'd go to sports cars and, and do all this. And I'm like, well, look, modern F1 cars, you have to be so dedicated. You know, there's so much more training, so much more G forces. You just can't, you can't dabble in other sports like you used to. But mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso went from Formula One, and let's face it, being as competitive as you could be in that McLaren to winning in WEC, to competing in the uh, Dakar rally. You know, he, he is a pure driving machine. So, yeah, I think he will come back and he will be, he'll be good. I, I don't think age has anything to do with him not doing well. I think what's more likely to do it is I think Renault are kind of um, hemorrhaging from the inside. You know, they've lost uh, Cyril. And David, uh, is it Privio, um, who's come over from MotoGP? He, he was fantastic in MotoGP. He got Rossi his MotoGP championships with uh, Yamaha, but I don't know how he does with Formula One. Formula One's a different beast, so,
3: hmm.
2: you know, we'll wait and see. But no, Fernando Alonso, you, give him a, you stick Fernando Alonso in a Mercedes next to Valtteri Bottas, and Alonso's
0: winning that world championship <laughs> like that. <laughs> but it just makes no sense to me that Renault were doing so well last year. So well. And everything that it was built upon is now gone. I, I don't feel like
3: I'm in as good a place to comment on this as you because I was too young to remember Fernando's dominant years during his time at Renault. His first stint at Renault, I was sort of two, three, four during that time. So you I can't say, me. I can't say anything. I've only ever seen, remembrance wise, Fernando being midfield at best in the McLaren. So, I don't know. I don't feel like Cyril is a particularly big loss. I never rated him that highly as a team boss. I feel like Daniel Ricardo is a big loss and will be felt around the Renault factory because he was such a positive vibe. Let's get keep everyone happy. Happiness brings results. Whereas Alonso is hard work and 24-hour shift brings results. So, I'm not sure the Renault staff will be too happy um, the following
0: year. I think he'll get results. I don't think he'll beat Ocon. Do you know what I find mad? I was watching the Drive to Survive, the one that's currently on Netflix, and it feels like they've missed like two years because it was Daniel Ricciardo's first year at Renault when you think about it, last year. And I was watching this I was like, I've forgotten a year in F1 here, right? And he's already moving on. And I think, I think Daniel Ricciardo is a huge loss, but Ocon, Ocon I just consider a bit of a midfield. Always it shows done. how little faith he had in Renault, though. To move
3: before the season even started, he signed with McLaren, and you know McLaren and Renault were fairly even in twenty nineteen. It shows how he thought McLaren would, well, not even how McLaren would do well, but how Renault wouldn't do well. I, I would argue it was it was part of a bigger plan. It was a, it was a stepping stone. It, and I would I would also just say
2: with uh, Ricardo deciding to leave uh, Renault's parent company, like the company Renault. I was going through a lot of shit at the end of last end of 2019 because their CEO was like arrested for embezzlement and like on the runway walking to his private jet, he got arrested and everything. And there's a lot of questions of are Renault even going to continue in motorsport? There was a lot of stuff going on with that. And every time there's any kind of big economic crisis, you've always got to look at the manufacturer teams and say, So are you sticking around or are you trotting off? So I can, I can understand why Ricardo probably went. McLaren will always be in Formula One, you know, as long as Formula One is there. Mm. Renault, yeah, take it or leave it. I'll go
0: around and call myself Alpine for a couple of years and then you know maybe come back. So last thing before before we end the show tonight. Coronavirus created possibly one of the greatest F1 seasons of all time. Would you agree with that statement, yes or no? No. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I I um I, I've seen a few, uh, a few seasons now, Dan. I, th- this goes back before 2000, bef- before the, the, the turning of the clocks, before everything was shiny and new like an Apple store. <laughs> oh, and I was a lad. Yes. <laughs> <Rippin'> <laughs> I can and <laughs> um, God, I'm flipping old, man. I'm... Are you about to tell me about the first British Grand Prix? Uh, God damn it! Uh, no, uh, God, I went American as well. What the hell was that about? Uh, <laughs> I don't fence. think. It, I, I think it was a great season, compacted. We we got a lot of dramas. I have personally seen better seasons. I've seen a lot of worse seasons, though. It's it is up there, but it's not the best in my my rankings. But I think that's more nostalgia than anything. If I was coming into it and I've gone through the, like, the Schumacher years and the, the Alonzo years and now going on to Bettle. the Hamilton years. That's oh, <laughs> all. Thank you very much. I forgot that one. Right. Um, yeah, it, it could have been, oh, yeah, this was a, a really good season out of all of that lot. But it's not the greatest one I've seen. Which one was? Oh,
0: no. Exactly... <laughs> you set yourself up for that one.
1: I know. I loaded the gun. And I it'll uh, be
0: ninety four.
2: No, like
1: no it would be ninety three. <laughs> okay, 93 yeah, three was amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. Senna in that uh, McLaren. McClown. Yeah,
2: yeah. Looks. Onington cool. ninety three.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brazil yeah. ninety three as well. Just yeah. bonkers. I'm guessing you guys have seen the reruns of these.
0: I was I was too young. Well, I I, I was alive, but. I have rewatched it.
1: <laughs> That's a great sentence. I was alive just before then. Dan, I,
0: I don't think planet. was, but I was. I was um, definitely not, no. No, Dan, Dan hadn't even been thought about by that point. Um. Not even a glint in the milkman's eye. <laughs> I
1: say, uh, Andy, don't say that to Dan. He doesn't even know what a milkman is. It's okay, fine,
3: he probably does. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't born last year. I know what a
2: milkman is. <laughs> That's our new guiding line on how old someone is. Do you know what a milkman is? Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question about last year. I don't think it was the best year. What I think last year was was an interesting glimpse into what Formula One could be because my biggest gripe with Formula One and, you know, if if we were doing How to Fix the F1 episode, this is something mm-hmm. I might have mentioned, yep. but I hate how uh, data-driven and preordained everything is. You know, they... they they choose their tyres at the beginning of the season for the races. You know, they have their allocations. They have copious amounts of data. They have three days of testing and all this. And last year was interesting because all of a sudden, they're going to circuits they've never raced at before. At the times of year, they've never raced at before. And I think that was interesting. Turning up at Turkey, a racetrack they haven't raced at in... When was the last time they raced at Turkey before, that?
0: Right, Elton? 2011.
2: Right, right, let's say that. Nine years previously, right? Mm-hmm. And they just resurfaced it, so every bit of data they had went out the window. Created yeah. one of the most exciting races of the last decade, and that's what I want out of Formula One. I want one of the things I want to see them start doing is mixing up the calendar. So all of a sudden, you know, you don't always start at Australia, you don't always end at Abu Dhabi. You know, it's a bit of a lottery. You know, one year you might start at Silverstone, you might end at I don't know, Paul Ricard.
0: No, maybe. no. Hopefully not. No, is. Hopefully not. That was the worst one you could have come up with there. We, I we, almost said Monaco, which would have been the worst one. Yeah, no, we, we don't need
2: but, to race at Paul Ricard. Even uh, We don't uh, need we to could. Wear. now No, we could race at Paul McC- Ricard if they made it multiple choice, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> but my point is, they need to get away from that being totally folk, data-driven and just, you know, everything kind of to the nth degree. And we saw some glimpses of that last year, you know, with, like, Portugal, with... um uh, where was the other Italian one? The second one, where there was? Imola M- start lane? Magello. Magello, there you go, Magello, uh, and with Turkey, those were you know really interesting for me. You know, so, mm. but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Lewis, you know, he won a race literally on three wheels at one point.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who could have written it? Who could have written it at Silverstone of all places with so, no fans? Imagine I mean, the crowds. Oh, I said this last week. I was like, oh my God, can you imagine of being there when Lewis won on three wheels with the Stappen coming down on him? Oh, I think so, the reason we'll never
3: judge 2020, 2019, 2018, etc. as a great season is just because of the lack of championship battle. Lewis has always run it three, two, four races before the end of the season. So after that it's you know, everyone's just kind of gone, oh well that's that over. If you look back to seasons like, I don't know, 2008 it was on TV recently, whereas Hamilton literally won the title at the last corner and then Ollie burst out crying. Um in <laughs> oh, happiness. Every time I watch it. Every time I, we were watching it recently, it was just messing yeah. Ollie was messaging like, I'm <laughs> in tears. Um <laughs> But if you look at that, like that, everyone was on the edge of their seats until the last corner. Then now, by the third corner at Cota, normally everyone can go. Oh, well, that was Hamilton winning again. Yeah, two thousand and
2: seven as well. You had three could win in the last race, and the one who ended up winning was the one that was behind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, be- that's because um, yeah, there is a lot more behind two thousand and seven, but we won't get into yeah. that. He yeah, was sad tears for talking
3: about <laughs> two thousand and seven, not to be
0: But But the point
3: is, it's it's. I don't like it when a championship's
2: tied up in Mexico or something like that. You know, it's just, well, then yeah. what's the point in showing so, up for the other races?
0: So what we need this year is we need Max Verstappen to win on the last race, which puts Red Bull as Constructors champions in, oh, dare I say it. it's Abu Dhabi, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. There could be a nasty outbreak of COVID around that time. <laughs> I can't do it
3: Bottas fancies winning that last race and taking the championship. I will
0: not mind if he wants to do that and then... I will just explode with I will eat my socks if that happens there you go you heard it here um guys thank you so much yeah guys thank you so much for being on the show it's been really really good fun and for those that don't listen to your podcast that should and 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 just for reference I I do not recommend other podcasts on this show but I do recommend this one where can they find it
1: uh shall I take this one Oh, it's all, you, it's all you, baby. Do okay, your thing. right? Uh, if you head over to road2media.com, you can find the Grand Prix podcast over there. It's me and Andy talking after each and every race, uh, dissecting them as best as we can, probably ballsing them up and getting names wrong and facts wrong. But we're not here for the names and facts. We're just here for fun. Uh, so, yeah, head over to road 2 You can find lots of other podcasts that we do over there as well they're all all on the itunes and, and apple podcasts and all the other places that you you search for your podcasts if they're not there message me and i'll try and put it on there good stuff and elton you said earlier that you don't listen to our podcast
0: so i highly recommend taking a listen you know we have some good stuff here too as well but uh <laughs> thank you for being part of it um andy thank you very much as well sir it's uh, it's been a long time coming so thank you it's for been being emotional part. It has, it has. And editing this is going to be equally as emotional. So um, thank you. I've pretty good a lot swears at least, you know, that many. No, no, you only owe me a few quid. <laughs> um, good stuff. And Dan, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. We will be back next week. Thank you. Goodbye.